Hello and welcome to The M Word, where we have uncensored conversations on all things marketing. We're your hosts, Jennifer Mulchandani and Heather Michaelgard. For season two, our conversations are focused on brand. Listen in for ideas you can use for your brand. Enjoy today's episode. On today's episode, we talk with Diana Nakarmi, co-founder of Pentagon MMA, a small studio in Arlington, Virginia, started 10 years ago with her now husband. Together, they've built a brand based on a vision and a passion for mixed martial arts. Diana shares how building a brand takes investment, financial and otherwise, but the payoff is worth it. Today, Pentagon MMA boasts a worldwide reach through a YouTube channel with 50,000 plus followers. We hope you enjoy today's uncensored conversation. Welcome to the M Word. Today, we're talking with Diana Nakarmi, founder of Pentagon MMA, which opened in 2012. Diana has been training in Muay Thai under Vivek Nakarmi since 2008 when she moved to DC. Before joining Pentagon MMA, she was an employment litigator in DC for almost five years. Now, Diana serves as Pentagon MMA's VP marketing director and in-house counsel, it's a lot of jobs, making sure that everything runs smoothly. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. We're so glad to have you. I'm happy to be here. And welcome to our listeners. This is season two, and we are talking all about brand. Diana, you are our first in-studio guest, so we're excited to start season two and um, kick this off. Diana, when you hear the word brand, what does that mean to you? Um, brand for me is more of um, what connection you have with, with the company, what emotion does that uh, bring out in you, what feeling, what, um, what connection is there. So when I look at somebody's logo, what do I feel? And that, I mean, that integrates so many other things in terms of their social media, their, the way they approach customer service, the quality of the product, it's all mixed in there for me as as the brand so when you when you think about that feeling you know was it was there a proactive um, was it proactively thought of what you wanted that feeling to be when you were working on building Pentagon MMA yes yes actually um, to an extent right because when you're starting a small business you're in the thick of it and you're just working every day to make sure things are growing, things are getting done. So brand is sort of not always intentional at the beginning, but we did have, we always had an idea of what our vision should be and what we wanted for the space. And, and that was always one to give back to the community. So philanthropy was a very important part of Pentagon MMA since day one. Um, two, we wanted to get away from the black box, testosterone-filled martial arts kind of um, stereotype. And so the idea was to make sure it was bright, it was happy, it was welcoming, it was family-friendly, um, welcome to, it, it was a safe space, and, and that's what it's been for the last 10 years. Um, and another, another thing that we also had in mind was to make sure we could provide careers to martial artists, right? Because that is not easy for martial artists. Um, usually they end up doing other things and then teaching on the side because there's not enough money in it and there's not enough to build a career out of it. So, so I think we, we've been pretty successful with 
are yeah pretty successful with some of those things yeah I'm just curious, like in the beginning, you know, you talked about n not all business owners have this intentionality around brand. Did you all use the term brand? Was that like on the table as part of your visioning? It was, it, it was not on the table, but what our vision, but our vision was on the table. So we knew what we wanted people to feel when they come through our doors, which is your brand, right? We just didn't use that terminology. And then you kind of intentionally or unintentionally, as the years go by, you work towards it and then you realize the feedback you're getting, the, you know, the, the general feedback you're getting, hey, that is in line with what we've been working on. This is now our brand and it's been consistent and it's been, um, it's been the same over 10 years. That's so interesting because you know one of the things we want we always want to ask too is like you know has your brand evolved from that early iteration and was that evolution intentional or you know are you saying that it's it, it grew into itself and you nailed it well so it, i feel like it's a little both um we we obviously had challenges we had um you know, as different programs grew more popular, um, we at some point looked at the logo and said, should we redo this? Should we, you know, refocus on on a logo that's less like kickboxing or martial arts and more general that appeals to, to different types of martial arts? Um, we ended up deciding against that. We just stuck to it because it was so recognizable. Like, by that time, I mean, it was, that's Pentagon MMA. So we, we moved away from that. But, but at the beginning, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a little bit of both, I would say. We, we grew into it, and then we realized that what we were doing was working, and then we built off of that brand as the years go by. So going back to the beginning, how did you come up with the name Pentagon MMA? Well, so it, there's nothing very uh, deep about it. <laughs> we were close to the Pentagon, and it was also kind of a play on words because um, the Octagon is very famous in UFC and martial arts and MMA, and uh, the fact that we were close to the Pentagon, we just decided the Pentagon was, was a good fit. The logo has the Pentagon on it, too. So we just went with that. It, it was... It was uh, a lot of late nights thinking about very deeply about what it would mean um, but at the end of the day I, I think it's 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 turned out to be a little bit more than location so it's a little bit more recognizable now and you and your husband started this together just the two of you yes my yeah. then boyfriend <laughs> then boyfriend yeah uh, so you guys have grown yes in the last it's, I think it's seven years? Ten years Ten now. years. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. So talk to us about how you've kind of grown that internal team. Um, when it, you know, going from just the two of you to yes. are you still in charge of the brand? Um, do you have partners now that help you? Um, talk to us about the internal. Yes. Well, so <laughs> it still is our baby, so it's hard to let things go. Um but over the years, we, I mean, you can't grow if you don't delegate, right? It's, it's just impossible. So um, at the beginning, we had one employee, and, and now we have, uh, I think it's 18 
18 employees, both full-time and part-time. Um, so it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to try to pass on what you know and train others and expect them to do things the way you do them, which is not ever going to happen. You just have to accept that, you know, they're going to do it their way and you kind of just uh, guide and support and provide as much resources as you can and, you know, things will work out. So um, it's, it's been a challenge uh, bringing on, you know, we have an in-house photographer, in-house videographer. Um, we have to communicate our branding to them and make sure the photography is on brand, you know, the, the type of, of emotions that communicate, the, what the picture is communicating is on brand. So that's something that we are way more conscious about now than we were when we first started when we were just taking pictures and doing random videos on our own. Um, so, so yeah, things have changed. We have some more help with social media now. Um, I'm not handling that on a day-to-day -day basis anymore, um, which is very, very nice. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's just a, it's a lot more work than people realize it is. Um, it's not just about putting out a caption and attaching a picture. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. And, and so we're much more thoughtful about that now than we were. We have a little bit more of, a, of an actual plan and approach now than we did at the beginning, so that's definitely changed a lot. Are you documenting the plan and the approach? Do you have a brand guide? Like, how do you how do you tactically manage the brand when you're growing the number of employees like you're doing? So we have, I mean, what I would call our core values, um, and that's been guiding the brand. That guides our decisions. It guides our um, staff training. Uh, it guides what staff does on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of what happens when somebody walks through the door. They need to be greeted right away, positive, friendly, atmosphere, um, welcoming, um, regardless of who it is. Um, and and it's, it's the tours that we give, it, what, we're, what staff talks about during the tour, um, the passion for what we have that has to come through. In, in everything that we do. So, so yeah, to, to that extent, um, we, have, we have a plan in the sense that, you know, the values are guiding decision-making and our operating procedures, too. And are you the one doing the quality control to make sure that everyone is adhering to this brand? I feel like that's a team effort. <laughs> um, I work a lot from home, and I do go in... Um, a couple times a week for meetings. Uh, so during the staff meetings, we get a chance to touch base on that. Um, my husband is there every day. So a lot of quality control comes through him. But it, it's, it's still, it's not easy because um, you can't monitor every little thing that happens. And, and we I try not to macromanage staff. I try to trust them to do what, you know, they know to do and, and what they, they can do with the resources they have, and and we just hope that they can communicate to us what if they need something um, extra, or if they need a course or more skills or whatever it is. Um, but but yeah, that's it, it's it's a small business, so we don't have the same resources right. for marketing that you know a Starbucks or an Amazon would have. 
I want to talk about that for a minute, though. You you talked about an in-house videographer and photographer. That costs a lot of money. It does. So what yeah. has the return on investment been? What have been the payoffs for investing in your brand and your marketing? Yeah, and that's been huge, actually. Um, you have a lot more control. You know, we've, we've done it both ways. We've hired in-house, and we've also hired a third-party vendor, um, not as an employee third-party vendor to come in and take videos and do photos. Um, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot you lose when you don't have somebody in-house because we, you, when you're there almost every day, even, even, whether it's part-time or full-time, you get the culture. You understand the people, you know the staff, you know the instructors, mm -hmm. you know who is going to be excited about doing Spotlight, you know who's gonna be excited about showing up on social media mm -hmm. um, or whatever it is. You know you know the business a little bit more um, and that's been very effective. I mean, our YouTube channel also has been very successful. successful. So as far as classes, we've recorded a lot of classes. Um, we just hit 50,000 followers on our YouTube channel. That's fantastic. Which is really, really that's exciting. Great. We've got people around the world taking these classes on YouTube. So it's, I mean, and this was a lot of this eye-opening stuff came because of the pandemic, right? I mean. Are you monetizing that or is that? A little bit. It, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not an expert on that. And that's something I've, that's in my to-do list. Mm -hmm. It's on my goals for the next couple of years to see how we can monetize that a little bit better. Um, but more importantly, it's it's very valuable to us as a brand because it shows that what we're doing is working. Um, a lot of the comments that we get are like, these are the best classes I've ever come across on YouTube. Uh, please keep showing, please keep making these videos. We'll pay for them. So that kind of thing. I mean, there's a lot of feedback. There's a lot to do there. So so that's something else that we're working on. Um, obviously, so do you think of yourself then as a global brand? I mean, you've said before you're yeah. not you're not as big as an Amazon or a Nike, but your distribution is worldwide. So it is, it is, and we, you know, we we've never thought of ourselves as a global brand because we're this little 4,200 square foot studio in South Arlington that, you know, nobody outside of Northern Virginia really knows about, um, but. But yeah, I mean, the reach that we've been able to get has been incredible. So, so let's see. I mean, who knows what the future brings? There's, there's a lot of potential there. It's really so. exciting. Yeah, yeah it is. And I, it also just gives a nod to the power of digital marketing yes. and social media. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. for our listeners who might be small business, they might even be a larger business but hasn't put the investment in their brand yet, what would you tell them? Like, where can they start? I think they can start. It's it's hard because it does, I mean, you have to, I feel like you have to pay to play, right? I mean, you have to make an investment, financial investment. But there's a lot of non-financial things you can do. Um, and you start out small. You start out by figuring out what it is that people get excited about your business. Like what excites people about your brand, about your, your service? Is it the fact that I walk in here and people know my name, right? Is it you know, the fact that I have so many friends here or is it things like that? And, and then you build off of that, you communicate that message. It doesn't have to be super fancy. It doesn't have to be, you know, 
edited and perfectly scripted, but I think if it comes from a sincere place, I think that comes across really well and, and it targets the people that you're trying to target. So starting with figuring out, you know, what your audience loves about you is really important and then you can build from there. I think you make such a great point about not letting perfection get in the way, but oh, just yes. doing it. You had talked about your instructors, you know, they're, they're now wearing lapel mics and, you know, you don't have this, you never plan to have a world, you know, global studio that was on YouTube. Never. It was first this small yeah. Arlington location. Um, but you, you said yes and you figured it out as you went. So, you know, even yeah. if it's with an iPhone, and no microphone, just turn on the video and do it. Say yes. It doesn't matter. And, and that's been a struggle for me personally because I'm, I'm very much a perfectionist, <laughs> very type A. I, I like things done a certain way and it's hard for me to accept when others stray from that. But, but I've learned to, to be better about that. And, and yes, progress, I mean, perfection is what is, perfection is the enemy of progress. I think that's the quote, I believe. But um, but yeah, it, it's it's been tough. It's been tough, but it's the rewards have have been incredible, you know, to learn to let go. <laughs> so as you look to your future, um, are there brands that you that inspire you that guide you that I don't give you ideas, even if it's not all that deep and meaningful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, so my my husband likes to call himself, he's more the visionary. He he likes to, and I'm more the um, the one that gets things done, right? Behind the, the scenes. Implementer. Implement, exactly. The doer. The doer. <laughs> and so he likes to think big. Um, he has big goals, lots of vision. So he looks at companies like Apple, like what are they doing? Um, they're constantly recreating themselves, constantly. I mean, they're always coming up with innovative ways to, to, to give people what they want. And, and I think that's, you know, that's one of the things that, that we're working hard towards. Um, there are a lot of brands like Starbucks. What does Starbucks evoke? Like, it's comfort, it's, it's community, it's you sit down at a coffee shop and, and you talk and, and and that's one of the things that we also want to implement. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot to learn from the bigger guys and, and why not think of yourself as not a small business, right? Why not think big if, if, you know, the sky's the limit to what you can do when you start to change your mindset. Okay, that's on, we just recorded that. We're gonna I know. go back and listen. <laughs> Check in in a year and see what we're doing with our YouTube channel. <laughs> I think you make a really good point, Diana, about constantly reassessing where you stand as a brand yeah. and, and surveying you know, your employees, surveying your audience. Um, is your name, your brand, your message resonating? Um, because things change and shift, and I think it's just constantly checking in with, with those that support your business to make sure that, that you're still the brand that you want to be. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, it's hard sometimes because that involves taking a good look at what you're doing wrong, 
mm-hmm. in addition to what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of, um, we send out uh, questionnaires um, every occasionally to students. How did you like class? What can we do better? That's just part of, that's all automated. That's just part of what we do. We take a look at that as a team. Um, what is our feedback? What are people saying? Um, getting negative feedback is not easy, but it is very much appreciated. And um, and there's there's constant growth there. Um, and and there's always there's always room to grow. I mean, I think a big eye opener was was COVID. I mean, we were shut down for three months, and who would have ever thought that martial arts was going to be taught virtually? And who would have ever thought that we had to grab microphones, lapel mics, and teach through a screen to students in their homes. But we did. We did that for a while, for three months. We actually kept doing it after we opened because a lot of people, as I'm sure you guys know, were still not comfortable with coming back, um, understandably, to in-person classes. And so I, it was almost, I want to say, it was, it was almost a year that we did, kept doing that, virtual classes. And it was challenging, but it but we survived because of the brand we built. Right. You know, we survived because of the community that was supporting us, and, and that's that's why we're here today. Yeah. So speaking of community, what other brands, businesses in the Arlington area do you love or that, that you're proud of? Um, yeah, so I love the Pike. Um, we're on the Pike, Columbia Pike. Uh, there are so many little mom and pop shops that are just doing such great work and one of my favorites is the Dito's um it's a little coffee shop right around the corner from us uh they have been super supportive since the day they started they opened of you know of the local community uh walking in there it's just nice they know my name they know where i work they ask how my husband is doing um and 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 you know it's it's one of those things that you don't really get at a Starbucks. You don't get at a franchise or a chain or, or anything bigger, but but that's really nice and, and I and I hope they continue that and, and keep putting themselves out there in the community. Absolutely. That's great. We we are fans of the Pike as well. Yes. Um, the Columbia Pike Corridor, which yes. is I think there's a great tagline there too. It's um, uh, Arlington's oldest and, and newest Main Street. Main Street, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. The Pike is, it's really interesting history. It's very diverse. Um, it's not, it, it still has a lot of grassroots kind of businesses and, 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 they're all, and a lot of them are thriving and doing well and the neighborhood is super supportive. So it's exciting to be there. That's great. I mean, I, I think Arlington at large has such a nice uh, small business community yes. and uh, very supportive everywhere you go, which is, which is why we love doing business here too. So, well, this has been a lot of fun, Diana. Uh, so our listeners know how can they find you in, in this YouTube channel, and uh, <laughs> we will put, of course, some of this in, in the show notes. But let let our listeners know where where they can find more. Sure. So our YouTube channel is um, I think if you uh, just search Pentagon MMA on YouTube, it'll pop up. Um, my email is Diana D I A N A at PentagonMMA.com. Um, website is pentagonmma.com. <laughs> it's pretty easy to find me and get a hold of me. Um, 
And yeah, I'm so grateful to be here today. Thank you all for, for having me. Well, thanks for, for thanks for joining us. We loved having you. Thanks, Diana. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The M Word. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. And we'd really love it if you would leave us a review. Until next time, don't be afraid to be uncensored. The M Word is an Arlington Strategy production hosted by Jennifer Mulchandani and Heather Michaelgard. Our theme music is Golden Reflections of the Sun by Vlad Glushenko. Graphic design by Kayla Fagan. Sound engineering and editing by Ben Mulchandani and Nina Sofia Pacheco. Editing by Nina Sofia Pacheco and Janelle Walters.